It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Good afternoon, everybody. It is a gorgeous Saturday afternoon. We are glad that you are tuned in with us. It is BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer here with you up until 3 o'clock, and we're going to have a lot of fun today. 888-729-9494. Moshe Kravitz behind the glass doing a fantastic job, and I was just saying, the Brian Dawkins Hallelujah is a nice little addition, don't you think, James? See, I like that. See, that's called good producing right there. <laughs> it's good work. It's good work by him, and uh, it's good work by the Eagles as they uh, were able to come in and and really just that, I mean, they threw a hell of a party on, uh, what was that, Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, Thursday was the ring ceremony. Um, this is why I love social media and sports in the way it is now, because you had Sidney Jones and Elshon Jeffrey and literally everybody else just filming the whole thing oh inside. Oh, my God. You've got everybody standing to Meek Mill as he's performing, you know, that, Dreams and Nightmares. That video, if you're an Eagles fan... Watch the video of them just all going crazy with Meek Mill on the dance floor. LeGarrette Blunt jumping in there. Like it is. Right. If you're an Eagles fan, you can't watch that and just a huge smile crack on your face. I don't know what's wrong with Yeah, you. and we put together uh, the, the, the entire edited video on Bleeding Green Nation's uh, Facebook page. So just search that through there. It's uh, it's nine minutes you will not regret, I tell you that much. But that's uh, part of the fun that we're going into today. Uh, and we need your opinions on some things. We're going to go through OTAs. Uh, and certainly, leading off, I think that this town and the media and all everybody so far, and it's mainly because of we're still celebrating, and that's a good thing. And, you know, Doug turned off the clock at 12.01 on, on Friday, and that's great at all. I don't think I'm ever going to shut it off, and partly because of the amount of emotions that have gone into since February 4th, I think that we are ignoring the Eagles' second-round pick, ladies and gentlemen, Dallas slash Philly Goddard is going to be trouble like so much so these past two weeks that i just go he is uncoverable that's part of it you know there's there's a ton yet to be thrown at this kid we want to see him in pads even zach gertz had mentioned you know like they're they're nowhere close including richard rogers on what to expect in 12 person all this but i gotta tell you the same way james that we felt about Derek barnett going into his rookie year Dallas Goddard has the chance to, I think, be an 8-9 touchdown guy, not necessarily with yards or catches, but it's just unfair. 
He's unfair. That's what I've determined in the past two weeks here. And, and to think about adding something that's quote-unquote unfair to an offense that is yeah. already so stacked and already has a head coach who is, in my mind, the greatest offensive genius in the NFL right now. Who would have seen Man, someone that go, coming? Someone find the tape from this time oh, last year, please. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my, the biggest turnaround yeah. in my eyes that I've ever seen. And you add a, another weapon with all these weapons and a guy who's so creative at using weapons and creating mismatches and getting people in space and all that type of stuff. You think about it. And he talked about Goddard's athleticism this mm-hmm. week and how it just it pops. And that's exactly what you want to hear. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm excited about Philly Goddard. And to the point about turning the hoses off at 1201. Yeah. You know my Whoa, philosophy. They, wait, they had hoses? Yeah, right. Yeah, the, the championship yeah. hoses. Right. I personally think it should go the other way. And every <laughs> single home game this year, before the game, Doug Peterson should walk to the 50-yard line with the Lombardi trophy and just hoist that in the air and let everyone go crazy. <laughs> just And just it would get to the 50, hold up the trophy, and just yell, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. And even if they are somehow 0-7, I think that would be hilarious. It would still work. They just walk into there. Oh, no. Yeah. During London. Like at the, oh, right before the God. bye week, just walk out there instead of, yeah, let's do it. And just uh, yell across this, uh, this uh, yeah, the, the continuing Super Bowl celebration. The other thing that we want to get into today, as long as we're uh, mixing in OTAs, because there was a lot of takeaways from coaches and players and things like that, and we'll certainly get into that. Uh, BleedingGreenNation.com's Twitter account asked a very interesting question, and I think it's a lot more fun now that the Eagles have won the Super Bowl, but I, how at any point would you change, or which play would you change in the Eagles history? Anything. It doesn't even have to be like, oh, you know, I wish they threw a touchdown here instead of an incompletion. Just any moment in Eagles history, if you could change one play, what would it be? 888-729-9494. There's a lot of, there's a ton of different plays that stick out immediately, I think, in everybody's mind. The first one that I thought of, James is fourth and one. There's seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And it is a big time do or die type of play to stop the Arizona Cardinals just once after the defense have been performing so terribly. And there's Tim Hightower, that son of a gun, who <laughs> just, you know, everybody's bunched up. Uh, Jim Johnson is just saying, let's just give the throw the kitchen sink at him. And then all of a sudden, he skirts to the left for seven yards, picks up the first down. They waste five minutes on the clock. They go and score. And then, or, uh, you know, White Lightning himself. Uh, it doesn't get the flag on fourth and 10 on the way over. I want the the Eagles defense to stop Tim Hightower because that to me is the most interesting last, you know, kind of reminded me of this run, uh, a little bit of lightning in the bottle mixed with talented speed and all that. I wish I could have seen the outcome of you that 2008 championship. You were in the stands for that I game was. too. I wanted to see something different. I didn't want beer to get thrown on me, <laughs> which is what happened after that game. I'd just like to create a, another new memory for myself. Who knows? They might end up losing the game, but I just wanted to see them stop that fourth and one. That's that's the first thing that I would change. I wouldn't change a single thing. John. What? There's got to be one thing. And John, it all happened so that when we finally, finally got the chance to hoist the Lombardi, to have a parade, that it was that special. It was ever. It was the greatest first time. That anyone could have ever had. We were in. We That's were a fair out. Point. It was Nick freaking Foles 
dominating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't change a thing, John. It all had to happen that way so we could get to that point to have the most miraculous Super Bowl win in the history. First of all, what a wah, wah answer. Because <laughs> that's all no right. fun. I got if another one for wait, you. Yeah, if the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl... What, what yes, play would you change? If they didn't win this, whatever play got them to lose it. But it's funny because uh, it's funny that you mentioned that fourth and one on defense when obviously there's almost the exact same situation, such a crucial fourth and one that led to the Super Bowl title this year with Definitely. Zach Ertz play and all that. But mine would be a different one, and it would be Donovan McNabb would not throw that ball directly to Rondé Barber. <laughs> and Rondé <laughs> yeah. Barber just is still running. So you know what? Still running. That's that. I, I wouldn't change that at all. Yeah. Well, the Jared Vicious play you could change too. One of those two. <laughs> yeah, either that, or. That, that's, that's what I. Because who's to, who's to say that after he doesn't throw? I think they still might have lost that game. They put anyway, it away. Right? The Jared Vicious. It's just because I hate the Barbers so much. <laughs> I'm with. They changed the Jared Vicious play. That game to me, if I'm looking at a game in Eagles history that I am most. Still, most of, and again, winning the Super Bowl has alleviated so much. Definitely, but if there's one game that I still lament the most, it's that one. That was that was our Super Bowl. We would have smoked the Raiders. That's the play. That's the game. Uh, John Brightcliffe on the Twitter.com. You can find us there at BGN underscore radio at James Seltzer at John Barcher. Does not letting Reggie leave count as a play? Sure. We'll open it up to yes. that, too. Moves are included in this thing. Uh, Moshe Kravitz, who is uh, always doing a fine job behind the glass. Do you have a, a moment that you would change in Eagles history? Yeah, I mean, the one, the two really that initially came to mind were just what James said was Rondé Barber never picks off that ball. <laughs> Joe Juravicious doesn't go 71 yards. Or maybe Blaine Bishop isn't the injured safety back there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Ooh, that's thinking a good about one. Randall Cunningham never whoa, whoa, getting whoa, injured. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, 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 no, no, no. Okay, no, the, my real choice after agreeing with James, my real choice, though, is the fourth quarter in 04 in the Super Bowl. McNabb does not throw it directly at Teddy Bruschi. Yeah, that's another good one, too. It's a good one. I would. I, I think they lose that game no matter what. Yeah, see, I would it's go, just the, the way I feel. I would go way earlier. I know earlier. they were in it, but they were in that game, but I think they lose that game no matter what. I would go way earlier, and I would say the one that he tried to get to Westbrook in the red zone. Yeah. I would say, no, don't do not do that. 888-729-9494. OTAs, what play in Eagles history would you change? and start things off with Tom in Las Vegas. What's up, Tom? Yeah, right. Um, I'd like to change that Keith Jackson catches that ball before the fog comes into Chicago. Oh, yeah. That's a great <laughs> one. They yeah. would have won that game if he caught that ball. Heartbreaker. Yeah. Heartbreaker. We would have ran the table after that. Anyway, the fog rolled in. What can you do? Yeah. Goodbye. Uh, thanks, Tom. That's like a mic drop right there. Well, you know what? That's funny, too, because like that... I we always view I think our our generation tends to view buddies like I don't understand why everybody loves Buddy Ryan when he didn't win a playoff game and you know Andy was more successful and all that there was a lot of weird stuff that happened to the buddy regime and a lot of unfortunate things like the the main narrative always has was hey uh you know buddy just didn't care about the offense and whatever but there was a lot of weird things that happened during the Buddy regime, too. Like, it is impossible for me to believe that one of the best defenses ever put together in the history of the sport didn't win a playoff just didn't game. win a playoff game. <laughs> you know? Like, there is weird... And because of stuff like the Fog Bowl, and I, I, I think that's a part of it, Jeff. Uh, it, it is a great point, John. Because when you... Especially back then. Well, when you think about the great defenses in the history of the sport, 
They all won Super Bowls except that Eagles one. <laughs> yeah. Every single one. I mean, you think about the Ravens. You think about the Bears. You think about the Broncos recently. You think about the those Steelers, still curtain teams. All of those teams, they all won Super Bowls. And they and definitely all won playoff games. I mean, if you want to say, yeah. fine, the Purple People Eaters didn't win a Super Bowl. They got to four of them. So I, I, it is it is astounding that with that amount of defensive talent, that that alone couldn't get them past the first round. It's it's unbelievable, John. 888-729-9494. And it was better than the 85 Bears defense. It was better. Whoa. Like it was, there is there is no doubt about it. Well, I mean, we can we can probably argue about maybe sure. the secondary Mike Singletary instead of, you know, a lot of the a lot of linebackers that were there. But I mean, the D line was better. For the sure. D line was absolutely better. Than uh, than that Bears you know front four that was happening there so that's I, I'll never understand and that's why part of all of this it's in, it's just incredibly hard I think it talked about this this week at some point it's so hard to win anything especially in football where there's such a high variance and it's one game and stuff and like the play, fog yeah and you know or, or injuries yeah. or this or that I mean he mentioned the the Bryce Pop hit I mean that team could have won it. They were good enough with Randall. Like Definitely. Those three games he played, he was going to be the MVP, it looked like, that year. The the fact that the the way the breaks have gone, and that's what makes this past season so special, yes. amazing, unbelievable, is that all those things still happened to try and stop, and this team still fought through it all and won. It's amazing. Let's go to uh, Tom in Abington. What's up, Tom? Yo, fellas, what's going on? Nothing much, my friend. Tommy! <laughs> Jimmy, what's up, brother? Hey, brother, how are you, man? Ah, uh, pretty good. Hey, John, are you doing some voiceover work on some commercials? Oh, yeah, we do. I do production things here, yeah. Uh, I swear I hear your voice on some commercials. <laughs> yeah, well, but, it, the station sounds much better as a result, though. It's a beautiful yeah, yeah. sound for that. the station. Can I get a bell? <laughs> <laughs> Ding! <laughs> there it is. All right, so the one thing I'd like to change has to do with Mother Nature on New Year's Eve Day, 1988, in Chicago's Soldier Field. Ah, uh, yes. Let's, let's not have that fog roll in on that game. And <laughs> wow, see what the fog ball is really, really that's popular strong, today. Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to change that for sure. But let me ask you guys: are You guys at all concerned with this whole Sidney Jones deal and his hockey injury? Yeah, that was that uh, was kind of funny. Lower today. body, baby. But it didn't seem like there was anything other than uh, precaution. The only thing that, that that snuck out in my mind was like, okay, there's a Friday news dump coming, and like maybe there's. A, I was like, oh no, don't don't be part of the four game violation for you know <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, substance or like PEDs. I was like, please don't be that. Uh, but don't no. be Julian Edelman. Yeah, don't. Oh, uh, uh, I uh, no, Tom. It really is just nothing. I mean, it is precautionary. Okay. You know, talked to him a well, couple that, of times. He he seems to be fine. Well, that's good because other than Philly Goddard, uh, he's really the guy I want to see this year and see what he has to offer. Uh, on that note, I'm going to get out and just do me a favor, guys, and say hi to BLG when you see him. You got it. Ah, For you, Tom, that. I'm going to write a handwritten note look to BLG just that. to say hi. He's, uh, BLG's actually, get this, vacationing in Detroit, what? which is uh, something that is absurd. It should the never be said. The first person in the history of the planet <laughs> to vacation in Detroit. That's right. He's going down to Chicago and visiting friends and all that That's stuff. That's better. Uh, Tom does bring up an interesting point, too, which is, Something that we definitely got into uh, on the podcast episode number 318 on the Twitter.com at BGN underscore radio. Corners are going to be very, very interesting. Because I got to tell you, I I don't think Sidney Jones is going to start the year as a starter. I just don't. Ronald Darby looks really good so far. 
You know, I, I and there's nothing in, especially in terms of continuity. I mean, you got to remember this is actually Sidney Jones's first off season to understand the scheme, understand uh, the conditioning, everything. You know, it's been out for a year. I don't see them saying, "Okay, Ronald, you're out, and Sidney's in, or Jalen, you're." Something massive would have to happen. Like uh, Malcolm Jenkins would have to get hurt for an extended period of time for them to switch some things around. How do you think the corners end up here, James? It's a, it's a great question, and we've talked a lot about how all of a sudden stacked they are at a position that for a long time was the bane of our existence. I mean, I, Bradley Fletcher and Gary Williams and AKA the whole toasts. crew. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I first and foremost, it's a good problem to have. I'm a hundred percent with you, uh, Ronald Darby and Jalen Rose or Jalen Mills. Jalen Rose, yeah, sure, yeah, I don't know. He can play corner. Uh, Jalen Ramsey <laughs> still can play got corner. it. Yeah, uh, um, uh, Darby and Mills are your starters. I believe they will be the starters unless I think the more like again injuries aside, uh, if Sidney Jones comes to camp and is lights out, a hundred percent healthy, whatever, and they get an amazing offer for Darby, maybe something happens, but. As of right now, I would be incredibly shocked if those are not your two starters on the outside. The the slot, that's the interesting spot. We don't it know is. if Sidney Jones really play, can play the spot at a high level. I think he's talented enough that he could do anything if he's healthy. But more likely, especially long-term and outside guy, Devontae Bosby is a name. And you oh, got yeah. to talk a little bit more about that. Someone who's kind of caught everyone's attention well, this yeah, past and, couple and, weeks. And, and not only that, but it's like dominated that slot position and that's crazy and and that's really interesting because that position is going to be obviously the fulcrum i think for these decisions how who can play in there how often they'll play avante maddox you guys have talked about has struggled a little bit to start so i think that's going to be a it's it all comes down to that position but i'm with you i think your starters on the outside a hundred percent as of right now will be ronald darby and jim moshe what do you got man all right, so, john just because you're the one who's down at these otas has seen a lot of practices and stuff Last season, we got to see a good amount of Rasul Douglas, Mm -hmm. and I was a big fan. He he was not the fastest guy. His hips aren't the most fluid, but he always would do a great job of closing in and wrapping up to tackle, and I honestly thought that he could push Jalen Mills at some point for starting play as the season wore on, and if Sidney Jones wasn't ready... Now, right now, Sidney Jones is hurt. Does How's Rasul Douglas looking? Does he have any shot of getting any sort of starting time here? I got to tell you, from the first week, you just went, oh, no. Oh, no, Rasul, I love you. Like, is the... Uh, yeah, you... Uh, real quick, yeah. Bartrett is bit coming in. Like, you were a Rasul guy. Still, I still am. And, yeah. But hardcore, I thought this guy was going to start at some point during the year last year. And they got in there for a couple of games when people got injured and things got moved around. And he did okay. Like, there were a lot of good flashes. You're going, okay, that's exactly what we need to see. There's a, to me, there's a, a little bit of an issue. There is, Jim Schwartz likes to play off and likes to play press. And if, and if Razul doesn't play press all the time, that's an issue to me, at least right now. Because the, the biggest problem for him, it is too big and too aggressive at the same time. Being big in, as a corner is great. You can, you know, I mean, just think of all the, you know, Richard Sherman's, and I'm not saying that he is, but he can use his body. He can shove people to the sideline. There's a lot of different stuff that I've seen him do, and he does it great. When he's off, it's a whole different ballgame. He's still kind of a little lost and not sure where he needs to be. And added to the excitement of last year, I mean, Torrey Smith literally looked at the entire press corps and said, this kid is so smart. He's going to be a starting. He's going to be a great corner in this league. Now, most of the time, you're just going, that's teammates, that's whatever. But uh, I would say towards minicamp, he's looked pretty good. 
Uh, it's just a, I, that's a big question mark. I have no idea where they're going to make of him and what they're going to do throughout that. Well, I want to get more into that. Plus, we heard a little something, something about the running back situation that needs to be said. Stay tuned for that. It's time for Sue Schilling and an update at Speed GN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. When I dreamed it all ever since I was young, they said I won't be nothing. Now they always say congratulations. It's BGN Radio. Right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And I love that this is also a part of like the Eagle celebration. Post Malone is just like, yeah, now this is our theme song. Between him and Meek Mill, I mean, they got some pretty good soundtrack in the Eagles locker room. Except for like when they do the boot scoot and boogie. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Be careful. That guy might call up and call me a loser again oh, yeah, for not yeah. liking country I mean, music. So. Listen, well, there's nothing wrong with boot scoot and boogie. It's just yeah. like, it doesn't, how does that get you fired up for practice? It, it, <laughs> 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 uh, it is BGN Radio. Uh, James Seltzer, John Barchard, Moshe Kravitz behind the glass as well. And your phone calls, 888-729-9494, along with OTAs and things uh, of that sort, we are also asking, now that the Eagles have won a Super Bowl, what play would you change in Eagles history or move? And there's been a couple others uh, that have flown in here as well. Uh, Evans says that uh, I, I would like it if T.O. was never horse collar tackled by Roy Williams, so he's 100% healthy for the Super Bowl. Uh, I like that one. I'm not sure if that would be... Uh, a, a difference maker? I think a better one is, I wish the Eagles had just paid T.O. <laughs> that, How about that? Yeah, just just suck it up and be like, yeah, this is... I want, yeah, I wonder if that would have mattered one way or the other, because like, oh, the locker room is toxic, but it became toxic anyway. Be- and it became you know? toxic because he wanted to get paid. If he gets paid, who yeah. knows how that plays out, you know? Uh, but uh, we want to hear from you. 888-729-9494. Let's go to uh, Ed. What's up, Ed? Hey, uh, I got a question about Nick Foles. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard anyone mention uh, Frank Reich trying to drag him to Indianapolis with him, you know, on account of Andrew Luck isn't really, you know, reliable. Uh, well, no, that I think in terms of like rumors or an idea of where he might go, that certainly has come up. Uh, Andrew oh. Luck is uh, is throwing again, which is proof positive. Plus, they also have Jacoby Brissett, who's a young guy that, I mean, I, I died on a hill for. He's not as good. <laughs> as, is what right. I think is, but I think he did all right. I think him and Frank, they they do have another option at quarterback, and that's probably why they don't want to pay, uh, you know, the uh, the extra draft capital to go and grab him. Oh, okay, all right. And uh, um, a bad move, I would have to say, uh, hire Rich Cotard as the head coach. <laughs> oh, I would, I would, I would definitely change that. Yeah, although. Just like you were saying, James, playoff. all of these different things lead to the Super Bowl anyway. Yeah, and they won a playoff game with Rich Kodite, too, well, which is the cra- I mean, the defense won them a playoff game, but right. I mean, you know, I, it is crazy to think about. We just talked about Buddy and the whole thing, and the fact that Rich Kodite actually won one and Buddy didn't is is absurd. Was it was was Gruden on that staff by then? For Kodite? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Because there was, I remember a lot of people telling me stories on, I Maybe. can't believe that how much Rich Kotite got propped up it because of his support yeah, staff. It might have been Ray him. Rhodes who brought Gruden in. I can't remember. It might have been then, but either way, it was certainly not Rich Kotite yeah, as we saw. What was he, like 4-27 yeah, with the Jets? Of, a lot of mirrors. And then Ray. I, 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 I felt so happy that Ray Rhodes was taking over. I was like, yes, this is... This is going to be a new dawn, and then they, you know, they beat the the Lions when nobody expected them to, and then man, did that fade out really yeah. quickly as well. Let's go to our good friend Todd in South Philly. What's up, Todd? 
Yo, much improved on the uh, what's going on today, Barger. Listen, just remember the, the text I sent you. Look like a, you do not look like a trained monkey. <laughs> yes, that is Thank exactly you. Okay, good. <laughs> we appreciate it. Do it again, John. Yeah, yeah. Man, oh, man. <laughs> what's on your mind today, Todd? So I want to talk about a little bit about my 2018 preseason Paul Turner Award, oh, and it's yes. going to Nate, Nate Gary. I, I love Nate Gary. I it looks like he's packed on a bit of weight from a safety to try to move down the linebacker that that dual role. It looks like he's holding it on well. What have you seen while you've been there during preseason so far? First of all, he's gained ten pounds, which is great. He's went from two twenty to two thirty. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like he is in the mix, and we kind of debated this a little bit on our podcast at uh, episode three eighteen. We all different starters to start out the year but to me if Nate Gary continues to be as good as he has been in coverage which is essentially all they need there I mean that's how we have to start thinking in terms of that will position from now on the NFL's moved on to this needs to be a hybrid safety role which is what it is he tackles pretty decently his side to side is good enough um and it, and again it's only just going against the unfairness of, of Philly Goddard of Dallas Goddard because Corey Nelson is just forget about it. Like it's an automatic touchdown every single time. You're not going to see that with opposing teams all the time, but I would say chances are pretty good for Nate Gary. It's going to be a very important training camp, both for him and Corey Nelson. I'm very excited for him. He's. I was excited for him last year, a little bummed. He just got bumped to practice squad, but I'm glad to see that he might actually make something of himself on this team. Oh, yeah. And, and, the, and it, it was the rightful move, though. I mean, he was lost last year. Like, he was just all over the place. A lot of that's just learning in, in a completely new position, gaining a little more weight, getting a little more snarl, all that stuff. Type. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, buddy. No, you're good. So the one thing I would change now that we won the Super Bowl, my, I would – just when we tied with the Bengals 13-13, either let us win the game or let us lose the game. I just don't want Donovan saying I thought I didn't know we could tie. I don't want him saying it, and I don't want Andy backing him up. I just wish we had either won or lost that game. That tie was awful. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. It's fair. Yeah, because now it's not like an important, like they would have won the Super Bowl if. It's just like, yeah, I just don't want to erase that from Eagles fandom. I'll bet you Donovan McNabb would like to do that too. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. He probably just blamed somebody else. Probably blamed Andy for like, he didn't tell me the rules. Uh, Jimmy Slippin uh, checking in here. You guys, hey, you got to make sure you mentioned mine. It's literally the only individual play outcome that uh, that changes uh, the Super Bowl. And it guarantees the Super Bowl. Uh, McNabb's last pass and, uh, you know, Super Bowl 39 is a touchdown instead of an interception. That game is over and we'd have two trophies today. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't I, think I'm, so. Jimmy, I, yeah, I mean, Moshe brought that up too, but I don't think so. I don't either. I think it, everything that happened earlier uh, would have would have done that. I think if the Patriots needed to come back to win that game, they would have come back to win that game. Certainly. Absolutely. 888-729-9494. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, I got to say, the one person, and mainly because... He hasn't been out there for a lot of the minicamp and OTAs in terms of where uh, the media can go and see him. But, ladies and gentlemen, I think we know who our fourth running back is. It's Matt Jones. Yep. It's Matt Jones. Uh, And the reason why I'm believing in this now is, well, I kind of felt that way coming into this. Yeah, you were a little bullish at the beginning. They wanted him uh, last year. Waivers didn't go their way. They got him in here. A very important coach on the Eagles during this week had just come by and said, Matt Jones, look out. 
<laughs> and when somebody says that, that has control of who will and won't play, I'm going to go ahead and say that Matt Jones is going to be that guy. So I think it's very, very thin for Wendell Smallwood, for Donnell Pumphrey. Uh, you can Adams. pretty much just say Josh Adams is a practice squad guy at this point. The only real reason why I don't think he's practicing is something that Brandon Lee Gowton had pointed out a very long time ago. Matt Mayock during the draft process had said he's got an injury that requires surgery. I'm assuming that that's what happened there, and that's why he's not practicing because he's still trying to recover from it. Matt Jones, your fourth uh, running back here. Jim yeah, Seltzer. and I wasn't super excited when they signed him because obviously the fumbling issues have been a real thing. And, and <laughs> yeah. when you know, when you hear a guy's name and you're like, oh, that dude fumbles. I mean, that's what you say about Matt Jones. But look, third round pick in Washington, when he didn't fumble, he showed some good things on the field. He's big. He's the type of back they need. You know, you look at what you can count on, Ajayi, Clement, and Sproles. He's a lot different from those guys. So I think he just makes the most sense. And like you said, they went out and got him. He's a guy with a history. And then when you hear the the you know coaches are talking about him and yeah. stuff. I, look, uh, far way away, and, and I, as I've said on episode 318 at BGN underscore radio, I don't like to make too many proclamations until I see these guys actually put pads on. <laughs> yeah. But in this case, I'm really with you. I would be I would be really surprised if it's yeah, not a match. Way to convince you to bring up uh, Donald Pumphrey's chances from 0% to 0.2%. I did 0.1. Yeah. I said zero, and you guys <laughs> said, you guys convinced me that the Eagles won the Super Bowl the way they did. Anything's possible. That's right. So I said, all right, 0.01%. Which is what I think we need to bring into this year too by the way uh we need to have a patrick robinson award don't we because it's a guy that you don't expect to do anything and get cut and then all of a sudden you know crucial to your team's success could be a hybrid you know the clement robinson award that's true too you know well, start that's thinking crazy about when it. you think about that though i mean just those two guys alone when you think about what Corey clement was coming into to preseason and training camp and Patrick Robinson who we talked about not even making the team and then the effect those two guys had and the importance they had in the oh, yeah. Super Bowl it's crazy 888-729-9494 it's good to Lou in Northeast what's up Lou yeah how you doing guys good man okay hey, how you doing Josh good uh, I, I got a play that I, w- I would have I would love to to, uh, to change oh yeah hit us with it alright fourth and one against the Saints I believe it was the 2007 playoff 2006 season uh, when we had uh, what's his name uh, Jeff uh, Garcia 49 Garcia right he's our when baby he the <laughs> remember the fat, the fat man he, he called he called there with a sweep around the side take that play back and somehow some way Doug whispers into, in, into, into the fat man's ears we get a Philly special or he takes <laughs> the quarterback keeper the quarterback keeper which should have been the right play and we would have got to keep the drive going, get the first down, and you got two yards to go for the winning touchdown. Yeah, that. What, what did you think of that? Uh, that uh, 06 the, team, we James. We smashed the Bears the following weekend in, oh, in the uh, NFC Championship. I I, I was, tend yeah. to agree with you there. I, I mean, that would have been an interesting the, matchup. I think they probably lose to the Colts in the Super Bowl. They probably. Uh, I don't know. I think we would have we would have given them a better a better game than the Bears did. Well, they certainly had yeah. a better defense uh, in terms of secondary that happened and. And Jeff I would Garcia say is better than Rex Grossman. Exactly. So yeah, I, I, there's a there's a puncher's chance in there, James. It's an interesting yeah. one. It was one was one I not ex- I wasn't expecting to hear, but a very good call. Lou, would you say that that is the most memorable highlight reel game that the Eagles lost? Because I always think of Lito smacking the crap out of Reggie Bush and, and I Sheldon. don't remember Sheldon Brown. Yeah. Sheldon. Sheldon Brown. Yeah. Yes, that was the same game. Sheldon Brown, yep, that's it's exactly the same game. I think that, yeah, I, I believe that would be the most memorable because the fat man couldn't get out of his own way. That's <laughs> the story of his life. Yeah, that, that happened they, a few they times, called right? the same stupid play around the end. Look, call the quarterback keeper. That's what you call it at that point. 
Yeah, Garcia taps the center on the, on the shoulder. Listen, six inch crease. I'm right behind. Go right oh. in. Yeah, it, no, I, I, it's a good it's a good one, Lou. Isn't it crazy when he talks about Andy Reid not getting out of his own way that that's still happening? Yeah, it's still every year in Kansas City we see him do the things that we did here and lose these games and not want to give the ball back to Tom Brady and all that stuff. It's unbelievable. Here's that Andy is not evolved. Here's one thing. Think of this, Doug Peterson, who we all just thought was a puppet is clearly a better play caller than Andy Reid, right? Yes, no I'm just question. Saying, I'm just saying. So, here's my theory. Matt Nagy in Chicago, I have a feeling that you're going to see some high-powered, crazy offense in Chicago that will line up a little bit like Doug Peterson. Now, it's a, you got to get to see if he's a good play caller or not. My prediction is those two guys are going to light the league on fire and Andy's just going to go sit there because I think Andy, I think Andy holds people back. That's most what he got, buddy. Well, I just have to admit this about that uh, Jeff Garcia loss to New Orleans because I think looking back with Garcia coming in and even taking them to the playoffs, I maybe thought about it like the way we felt about this Eagles team with Nick Foles in the playoffs and the fact that we even made it and the way this thing came together. That was the first go. Yeah. I cried when we lost to New Orleans Saints. I lost it. I was bawling. My brother had to come over and so like, we weren't supposed to be here this year anyway. I was I was losing it. Don't tell me that. <laughs> that's, that's, that was kind of the argument going into last season too. It's like, well, we weren't even supposed to be this good. But they are. Yep. But they are this good. Want to take your phone calls. 888-729-9494. What is one play in Eagles history that you would change? James Seltzer, John Barcher, Motion Kravitz behind the glass. It's BGN Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Talking Philly sports with Doylestown. I guess we're stuck with each other. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the high. Throw that to the side. I get those it's BGN Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer. Moshe Kravitz behind the glass. 888-729-9494. has been a lot of good plays that you would change in Eagles history. Do you have a favorite so far yet? Uh, well, I mean, we're, at, we're at the Fog Bowl twice, so... Yeah, that's a very popular one. Yeah, I still uh, I still like the pay T.O., even though it was my own. It's a little <laughs> egotistical to pick my well, own. Well, look but. at that. Loving his own answers. <laughs> well, Seltzer yeah, typical. What can I say? Uh, let's go to Chris in Newark. What's up, Chris? John and James, two fine apostles. How are you? Oh, we're doing great, and you uh, too much honor there, my friend, but we appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, well, nobody's worthy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Very true. This is for your producer, Moshi. What if um, what what if Riley Cooper had not dropped that ball in the flat with 40 yards in front of him? Ooh, yeah. Oh, the Green, Green Bay playoff game? Part. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, no the, the Saints, Saints game. Saints yeah, Saints yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a big one. I would say it's a tie between that and them like missing the field goal or, or making the field goal. Actually, there's a Deshaun lot of Deshaun could get open in the red yeah, zone. For the maybe first that could half help, of the freaking well, game. Let's play a little, little devil's advocate for that game. All if right. the Eagles had won that game, he had caught that ball. That field goal was good. Would Chip Kelly not have been fired when he was fired? Oh. It would Doug Peterson not be our coach? That's a great point, Chris. Can't, can't tell you how many times I've thought of that. That's why I said it wouldn't change anything. But yes, great point. Great point. Yeah, yeah I think it would have. I mean, if... And then Nick Foles, too. Do they yeah. trade Nick Foles away, you know, a year right. later probably, or whatever? Probably all not. that stuff. He's a playoff winning quarterback. All that stuff. And I wonder if that would have changed a lot of, like, the different moves that how he made going into, you know, I don't know. Because, you know, 2013, you look back, back on it, it's a it's a really good draft class. And do uh, they trade Shady? Do they? I mean, yeah, all, that all that stuff is in play then. It's a fascinating so, one. 
Sometimes bad things work for good. Going back to my youth, when I was a boy, um, the touchdown in the Super Bowl that got called back against the Raiders, I think um, Rodney Parker uh, caught it, and I think, I, think he, I hate to say it, Harold Carmichael was in motion or somebody else. I hate to think it was Harold, but uh, that was early in the game, and that, that was a big momentum changer. And I remember the, and I appreciate the call, Chris. I obviously wasn't alive for that. I don't think you were either. No, no. But I remember seeing the highlights and going back and yeah. watching the full game and being like, man, they called really ticky-tack stuff against the Eagles that game. The Eagles were favorites, yeah. too, you know? So he an early play in the game, who knows how that could have changed the momentum, the all that type of stuff. And he, uh, isn't that the famous uh, Raiders crew that just like stayed up and partied all night, did a bunch of cocaine and drink, and they just walked in, and Dick Vermeil's like, we have to go to bed <laughs> title one p.m and then a moment later. yeah let's go do uh frank in south philly what's up frank i just want to get, uh, throw some of you guys what would you say to a trade between the eagles and seattle sending darby mm-hmm. to seattle for wagner who's holding out for a new contract man mm-hmm. uh i, I know mean, that they- i love bobby wagner <sighs> wow uh oh. Well, can you see him in the middle instead of Hicks? Maybe kicking Hicks outside where he's I probably most suited to play. I don't think I so. Mean, uh, I actually think Hicks is perfect where he's at. Uh, you know, if you move him to Will, that's that's kind of a waste of percentages when it comes to that stuff. Uh, Bobby Wagner, a better player than Hicks. Oh, so let's 1, be real about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, if you wanted to package, you know, something like that, I would, I would move. I'd be more inclined to move Jordan Hicks for Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're talking in like yeah, getting nobody, back to the next year, yeah, but nobody's going to give you anything for Hicks because he he hasn't played a full year. Well, you gotta, years, yeah, right? you got to throw some draft capital in there too, but. No, you don't want to give up the future because that's that's going to give you well. That, for yeah, Frank, I know what you're saying. The question is also that, like you said, the contract. Bobby Wagner, you know, defensive player of the year type player, has a chance to really get paid. Darby, of course, coming up as well. So that's why it's kind of an interesting thing. If you're going to pay one of the two, uh, the question is, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep either of these guys, even yeah. if they trade for Bobby Wagner. I don't know if they could afford to sign him. You don't think you can get a three year deal for Wagner? Uh, you might be able to. It's just the price point. I appreciate the call, Frank. It's just, you know, it's not going to work out. And I'm not even sure Darby has that type of value, even though it's an interesting situation for both, you know, both teams right there. Yeah, and on top of that, unless we know that Sidney Jones is healthy and good to go to start the season, I don't know if Darby's that expendable. And, no. and like you said, Darby... Jones plus Hicks right now is probably not as good as... Or excuse yeah. Jones plus Wagner, Wagner yeah. is probably not as good as having Darby and Hicks at this moment. Yeah, I would agree. Let's go to our good friend down in West Palm Beach. Hey! What's up, Stephen Lee? Yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? We're doing phenomenal now. My brother. I, I, I felt like I haven't called in in far too long, so I had to get on the horn with you guys on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Well, we appreciate it, buddy. What's on your mind? Uh, not much, man. I guess the topic today, I wasn't able to listen before, but what? One play that you would take back and kind of rewrite history yeah, with? Yeah, change, a move, whatever it is in Eagles history, what would you change? I mean, I go back to the 08 NFC Championship and seeing Deshaun mm-hmm. catch that touchdown to put us ahead after we were down like 24-3 to at the half, and then watching them march down the field and, and score that go-ahead touchdown. God, man. That yeah, it was Barchard, Barchard, uh, same game. Let me, let me tell you a little story about that play. Uh, there was nothing Were you but there? oh yeah, there, right? in yeah. the stands. So there was nothing but guys with Matt Leinart jerseys that were bought that day with the tags still on them just talking so much crap the moment that that happened my good friend Jay uh, who was out there was a Philadelphia guy who grew up in Havertown we went together along with you know some neutral friends of ours 
and I turned around and I just started cursing at every single person. I said, "You mf this, you mf that." I was like, "I don't hear a effing word that anybody's saying here." You know, just went into like roid rage without the roids. And then, unfortunately, I wish that's the one. I don't because it was such a personal thing for me. Right. That's the one I always want back. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you made it out alive after that, man. <laughs> we all <laughs> they, they didn't even, that was nothing. Compa- they didn't do anything. They were afraid to shake our hands afterwards. Yeah, you Arizona's know? a fickle fan base. I actually have a quick question for you guys real quick. Yeah. Um, outside of the uh, the Philly special and the strip sack, what were what was your favorite play of the season? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I, it's the, uh, only because James was there to see it. Same thing. The opening touchdown of Nelson Aguilar against mm. Washington when I, that was like, a, a summer of takes against draft Twitter that came out in one play. And I go, mm. there he is. <laughs> I was like, ah, everybody can, you know, kiss my butt, big fat butt. Yeah, but yeah. Kiss my grit. I still think- Man, we, we saw it all the way through the season too. I mean, yeah. it really held up. Yeah. James, yeah, I would say uh, my mind was, Oh, I'm sorry, James. No, no, you first, Steve. I would say the NFC title game, that Patrick Robinson interception, man, changed <laughs> yeah. the whole wave of everything. Oh my God. Steve. Uh, I- <laughs> yeah. uh, we were in the studio for that. And, you know, we time things up because we do the tailgates down to the Jet Row lot. I'm coming back. We're starving. It's been a long day. We're getting ready to, to rock and roll, getting ready for the postgame show. The the food shows up at a, the exact moment. That Patrick was, Robinson, yep. I come up the elevator and just hear Meryl freaking out. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I ran up here. So, that yeah. That, how about you, James? Favorite uh, well, moment? it's funny. I mentioned it before for me. And, and it's the fourth and one. That fourth and one yeah. play, the mobility by Foles, the ability for Ertz, that little rub route to get open and and just the feel of knowing it was the right move to go for it on fourth down, yeah. but also having your butt as tightly clenched as ever <laughs> been in your life. And then for that play where you see Foles and you know they're coming at him and you're like, yeah. oh my God, he's going to have to move. And that's not his specialty. And he does the little sutter step, gets out of the way and hits Ertz. It was just at that moment, I knew they were going to score. I yeah. didn't know what was going to happen after, but I knew they were going to score. You're going to somehow moment. get in there and score. It's going to Mike in Westchester real quick, buddy. What's up, man? How are you? Yo, what's going on? Nothing much, man. What's on your mind? Uh, you know, I think people are too too much in a hurry to trade Darby. I really, I don't I'm understand with you, man. what's the move I'm guy. with you. 100% agree. You know, Jimmy, I'm not sure either. Why Why are they going to rush to trade this guy? I, it, you, I, you, you get rid of him, and you, you get, lose one of your cornerbacks, and you're, you're screwed. You know? Yeah, you're, you're top cornerback, and also yeah. a guy who it seems like because he came in right before the season last year, yeah. got hurt in the first game and never yeah. really got a chance to, to get into the flow of anything, it seems like people have no idea how good this guy is. No, and it's Sidney Jones, and you've also another valid point that this is his first season. I, I don't see him starting either, but he's going to play. He'll get, some, get a lot of playing time, but. I, I don't see him being. So I think Jalen Mills and uh, Darby start. Oh, I mean, that's how I see it. At I'm least. with yeah. you, Mike. A hundred percent. It kind of gets lost in it too. Cause you know, Darby didn't really play that well in the Super Bowl, And frankly, nobody did. No. Nobody, nobody played well, but like, I think a lot of people forget if he doesn't intercept Derek Carr, they, they might not have full home field advantage. Yep. He's made a lot of great play against Dallas. He was all over the place. He, he made a, he, and that was his first week back. John, you know, in the Super Bowl. Everybody, everybody mentions all those plays. Philly special, the uh, strip sack. Well, I'll tell you what. That Zach Ertz play on fourth down was the key for them winning. Yeah, that buddy. Yeah, that's what that's I was what just saying. saying. Yeah. So with you, Mike. Yeah, absolutely, man. What, and anything that you would change in Eagles history? Well, I wouldn't call her a because somebody would actually cover John Brown that game, you know? 
I mean, that, that was ridiculous that they had Nate Allen back there. And he, you could, John, Jimmy or, or John could have covered better. You know? <laughs> I like how he just went. It's like, actually, yeah, James probably is the better athlete. <laughs> uh, well, well, we've got plenty to get into, including uh, the biggest reason why the Eagles are the classiest organization on the planet. Uh, we'll tell you about that next, plus your phone calls. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD 1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? When I would have asked tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning? Jackson on him. I'm like, Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my team. Rose, the captain, I'm lieutenant. The entire time, man. I still remember that video of everybody in the audit, the Eagles auditorium where they're doing team meetings. And I can't remember who was taking the video. I think it was Kamu, Gruje Hill, that, that did it. And I still remember that uh, Pat uh, McAfee, who is you know, the former uh, punter and, and is uh, over oh, at yeah. Barstool now. I remember that. Just goes, <laughs> quote tweets that video with all of them dancing to Meek Mill Dreams and Nightmares and he goes Eagles by a thousand yeah. they're too loose they're ready to go and that is that's what I, I, what I get goosebumps every time I hear that now because that's the theme song oh, of the yeah. city like it's that's, just like that's the, the the track of the Super Bowl that is the song that when we hear and that's the thing with music right it always brings you back to a moment to a feeling to literally yeah, have goosebumps, goosebumps right now yeah because it because <laughs> every time we hear that song it will make us think of that it'll make us think of them running out onto the field to it all that stuff it is always going to be that song for us because the Patriots followed up with crazy training oh, just going so good. what is this my 50 year old dad who just walked into the stadium good lord is that their version of fun we're going out the rails on a crazy train which maybe was subliminal at the time because yeah, man well said. it uh, it certainly feels like it. it's bgn radio uh right here on sports radio 94 wip 888-729-9494 and speaking of the celebration because it was on friday and everybody was all getting pumped up meek mill was there uh to perform and hang out the most interesting story of the week that I still can't believe this is... It just sounds fake. It doesn't seem real. <laughs> it doesn't seem real. So, uh, at Brianna Wrist, and I'm assuming it's Carol Wrist... Or no, no, I don't know. It's Brianna Wrist, Wrist Aunt. Aunt Carol, as it was referred to. I can't find her last name for some reason. But this was part of uh, Peter King's kind of expose on, on Doug Peterson. And Aunt Carol had worked for three decades as the Eagle secretary for the head coach itself. Chip Kelly gets there. See ya. You're not needed anymore. <laughs> Chip, kinda, really? He doesn't kinda, do that guy. He loves to keep everyone like around. And no, yeah, okay. that was uh, that had to be like when I think of the speaking of the Patriots and Chip Kelly and how they're close friends and it's just the same exact thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the it's same thing. I don't want anything getting the same out. Thing. Yep. You've been here for a long time. You got a lot of friends. I don't want anything getting out. That's that's how I kind of assume that. So. um I, what did they bring her back? That's what I can't figure out. Did they bring her back? I don't know if they brought her back or not. All I, I don't think. I think the point is she doesn't work for the team anymore, but they still did what they did. Still have close ties. When I was working here with Andy uh, back then, they would write the game plan quite literally up on the grease boards. Uh, Peterson was saying, and Carol was the one who would always type our game plan into the computer list. So knowing Chip Kelly's personality, there you go. That's like don't don't say anything. But as uh, this kind of goes on, you know, Carol is still kind of in contact with Doug because of that old relationship with Andy. And it's so funny because she just says, hey, uh, might want to throw the flea flicker this week. Just saying right before the, 
the NFC Championship game. And what happens? It freaking happens. So, you know, Doug even went on to say, so here comes the game, and I called it at the right time, and I was thinking, God, I hope Carol's watching. And they gave her a Super Bowl ring. It's so cool, man. That, I think, is one of the coolest stories out of this. Like, it just continues to happen of how, you know, as much as we criticized the front office for so long, even, you know, the, during the banner and, and even Howie, which we gave it to a bunch, they are literally trying to take care of everybody. Well, we, speaking of criticizing, how many times it was a drop oh on everything. God. Emotional intelligence. We yeah. destroyed Jeffrey Lurie for that. And now it's the hallmark of this organization. This is an organization that thrives and succeeds because they are so emotionally intelligent across the board that they do even things like this, where someone who doesn't even work for the team anymore gets a Super Bowl ring because of what they gave this team over time and, and how you know much they were there and worked and all that type of stuff. It is such a smart, thoughtful, uh, all of it. I- I'm just so impressed with this organization, top to bottom. And she would apparently ask like all the time for four years, is it the flea flicker? <laughs> <laughs> you got it in this week? So like four years of asking in there and it finally hits. In a uh, big spot, that. no less. Uh, 888-729-9494 is we're discussing a lot of, uh, lot of things relating to the rings, what play you would change in the Eagles history right now if you could just... You know, pick any move or thing that's happening there. Speaking of taking care of their own, though, I don't know if everybody saw this, but Brandon Graham was live on his Instagram account, and he was sitting there talking to Howie Roseman like it was nothing. Like, there was just, hey, nobody's watching this. And they're literally having a conversation about his contract right in front of him. And, you know, Howie's joking in there. At least I assume uh, it took me a while to try and decipher, but a lot of the uh, Twitter detectives, which in Philadelphia, we don't, I, mess, I trust, around. We don't mess around with that. Um, you can hear him, you know, Brandon Graham audibly saying, you haven't seen anything yet. You've seen nothing yet. And kind of like, you know, gives Howie a little tap on the shoulder. There. He goes, well, I mean, you know, Jeffrey offered you 15 million. So I don't know what the holdup is. I don't know if that obviously he's joking because, uh, oh, do we have the sound? Awesome. Uh, so it's it's kind of back and forth here. But uh, listen to this exchange between Brandon Graham and Howie Roseman this week. I appreciate you letting be letting me be your first one, your first pick that you know nope, I'm a part of this, and it and it honestly seems that's why when you've asked for so many weeks now, like what's going on with Brandon Graham, and you know usually it's a stock answer from the general managers, like yeah, like we want him to be here, we just need to figure things out between him and his, and when it literally just comes down to business, you can tell they care, they definitely care, they care, and and I think that that's part of you know we're we're kind of juxtaposing them and the Patriots a few times here today and. I think it really is important that that's the image that this team is putting out to the rest of the NFL. Guys are going to want to play here. Guys already do want to play here. They want to be a part of this, whereas you're hearing things in New England where, you know, Gronk's about to retire every other day. Brady, who knows if he's showing up, all this type of stuff. And the, the leaks, the Amendola thing, it's not oh, yeah. fun to play there. 
I think that that the Eagles winning it the way they did and all that is showing people, hey, you can have fun. You can be good dudes. You can like each other and still be successful. It's, you can have a awesome. contract dispute and still like yeah. your manager. And yeah. joke about it on yeah. on Instagram. Like, yeah. who does that? I love. Listen, anybody that tells you that social media is ruining things, I mean, parts of it are. <laughs> yeah. But for the, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get awesome, this stuff yeah. 20 years ago. This the is access is amazing. Uh, let's go to our good friend, Mitchie Tools in Center City. What's up, Mitchie? Mitchie! All right, we're going to put you on hold, Mitch. Let's go to Mike on a cell. What's up, Mike? Yo, Mike. Mine, we're striking out 0 for 2. We'll see what's going on there. Yeah. But uh, Most he, try turning it off and turning it back on. Sometimes that works. Uh, speaking of, uh, this was, I just thought this was kind of an interesting one. This comes from Rashid Henson. Uh, you can tweet us at BGN underscore radio. Tommy Hutton botching the snap against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football in 1997, which I think was week three. It was really it was week two, I think. Week, week two, two or three for sure. It was early in the season. Certainly did not, you know, influence I don't know how much that would have changed anything. They won rem- six games that I year. I remember being really sad in the moment watching that happen and, and just like, no, no, that couldn't have happened. Come but- on. You could have, yeah, I mean, they would have had what? So, oh, you know what? I think they tied. Didn't they tie that year too? They would have been like seven and seven, eight and yeah, one or it something like that. didn't change anything meaningful. Yeah. It's just the moment you wouldn't have had to be upset in that that's moment. That's a good one. See, that's when you win the Super Bowl and you just want a Monday night football game back in a in a losing season? I think, I think they can tell I like you that. where we're at here. Uh, Moshe, we all good? Seems like it's all good? Okay. Let's go to uh, let's try Mike again. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. How you doing? Do, doing good, my friend. What's on your mind? Uh, not much. I was just listening to you guys all, all morning and afternoon here and uh, I just uh, wanted to call and say hello. Well, we're doing fine. I'm, I'm on my third cup of coffee. It's been delicious. <laughs> I'm uh, we're we're planning out what we're gonna do for lunch after uh, James Seltzer does the uh, phenomenal leading off for the Phillies, yeah. and then we're gonna it'll watch be, some it'll baseball. Be an okay, leading it'll off. Be an Let's okay. not get carried yeah, away. That's, that's fair enough. Uh, Mike, what do you uh, what what play would you change in Eagles history? Well, you know, I probably would have been um, uh, the the Chicago game, the the Fog Bowl, because I think we would have gone on and uh, possibly yeah. won it. You know, Fog uh, Bowl's popular, uh, man. It was that good. That winning answer by far today. Yeah. I also was at that game with Montana. You know, I was at the vet. I had season tickets from '88 to '94. I got to watch those guys go crazy those six years. I also had the three years of Chip Kelly too, which wasn't so good, <laughs> but I had fun. Remind me of uh, the uh, of the Montana playoff game because I don't remember that for some reason. Uh, Montana came into town. We sacked him like I guess I, I want to say six times the first half, up twenty eight nothing. Sucker comes out and beats our ass. Unfortunately, thirty one twenty eight. If I remember correctly, man, I gotta and, look that uh, up. I was I was a really young kid back then, so I don't. Yeah, uh, uh, that's uh, not a playoff game. You're just talking a regular, regular season, season game, game, right, Mike? Oh, uh, it, uh, it was amazing to even be uh, there because uh, years later I realized, you know, it was kind of a special thing. And absolutely I'm silly. Uh, 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 ten uh, best ten Joe Montana comebacks, and guess what that ranks? Oh yeah, oh in in uh, nineteen eighty nine. There it is. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Mike. Yeah, man, that was uh, kind of want to go back and watch this. A dominant fourth quarter saw Joe Montana complete eleven of twelve passes, two hundred and twenty seven yards for four touchdowns. What for the game he was twenty 20- in the fourth quarter? <laughs> yes, for the game he was twenty five of thirty four, four hundred and twenty eight yards, five touchdowns. One interception. Wow, that is crazy. That's they were two and zero. Yeah, Jerry Rice had a sixty-eight yard touchdown in this game. 
49ers found themselves trailing 21 to 10 in the fourth quarter when Joe Montana says, enough of this. Gosh, it's going to be awesome because we have Carson Wentz now and he's going to be able to do that. And uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty sweet. Let's go uh, check our friend Mitchie Tools in Center City. What's up, Mitchie? Hey, boys, how you doing? Listen, I'm, I'm still watching the, the Philly special playover as we speak right now. Oh, I, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, yeah let's do is, it. You know what you guys said about this organization, me being a lifelong Philadelphia living in Center City? This organization, listen, I always follow them for years, but Jeffrey Lawyer and company, just, this is such a class act. Actually, a friend just emailed me. He got to put on one of the rings. A friend of a friend works wow. for the organization. And this is a beautiful ring. My God. It's, it's unbelievable. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Mitchie, I'll go even a step further. We have a, I have a mutual friend. Uh, that, you know, kind of does stuff with him on occasion. Like every now and again, he's more of a consultant than anything. Yes. They gave him a Super Bowl ring, too. And I'm going, you know, oh, my God. My friend's last name is is literally on the Super Bowl ring. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. It almost erases. And you guys have been around. We, we follow every. You know, we, 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 we've been down so much with different things to this organization. But this is just like at the top of the mountain. And, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go for another ring. But. This means so much that we could just keep replaying that game and that over the Super oh Bowl God, over yeah. and over, and just everybody, the whole from Dawkins and every, just we can't go, listen. This season, you know, it'll be what it'll be, but the feeling that we we run into people on the street, you're in other cities. We won a Super Bowl. This is yeah. and we beat and we beat Brady. This is this will never get old. I'm still people think I'm crazy. I still talk about it. Like it was yesterday. It yeah. wasn't that long ago. Great show, boys. Appreciate it, Mitchie. Thank you so much, man. And that's that's part of this, too, is just the, I, I think I was ready to move on. You know, let's get to the next season because, like, look, we are looking at this thing. You got Timmy Jernigan, who's not going to be here for four to six months. In my mind, I think it's going to be a lot longer than that, too, just based on what they did with his contract. Uh, there are a lot of different things that could be happening for that Super Bowl run into this. And I don't care. Like that's a, I'm still there. I I know that once training camp happens, they'll move forward. Sure, in preseason, we'll get a little more excited. But that's the when when we started the show today and saying like I can't believe we are not talking about Dallas Goddard and how just he's turning into the exact thing that he was. You know, uh, uh, kind of. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say now. Drafted, I mean, to drafted be. for yeah. Like he's he is there is. The hype machine, he lives up to it. And it's just going like, man, but after Thursday, you go right back to that moment again. You're like, man, they're, they're, they are finally celebrating it now just for themselves and enjoying all this stuff. And it brought back all the memories again. Yeah, especially when you see everyone come back. Every player, Bo Allen comes back, Vinnie Curry comes back, LeGarrette Blunt, all these guys who are parts of new teams, parts of new things now. They came back to have that night to remember this amazing, beautiful season that... I think Mitchie's right. Look, we're never, I mean, obviously we're never going to forget it, but I think, and we said at the time, I, I think it's profoundly changed the way we are at sports fans. Like we don't, like last off season, I mean, the, the, how many arguments did we have about Donnell Pumphrey? Oh yeah. We spent way too much time arguing about <laughs> Donnell Pumphrey and now it's just like, all right, you know, it might make the team, might not, probably won't. We'll move on, or whoever that is. The the you, there's the, there, and it, it's in a different way. It's not like you want you don't want to win as bad or whatever. It's just 
the, a bit of the edge is taken off. Yes, for you sure. Know, it's not the end of the world the same way it used to be before because we finally have that ring. Yeah, I think there's going to be a two-year leeway. Even though no one agrees with that and be like, oh, they could have won it. They I really do believe that we won't have those arguments again until next off season. Well, they're going to win the Super Bowl again this year, so we won't oh, need man. to. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. 888 729 pound 94 94 and your variety of AT&T cells. The other thing about the ring ceremony itself was I th- I th- thank you, Sidney Jones, again for being live. And there's a couple other people I think we're yeah, recording Yeah, Jalen Mills and a couple others. But there was uh, uh, motion. Do we have uh, the audio of it by any chance? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's him... Th- Nothing the fans. It's him thanking the players, I believe. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. So here's Brian Dawkins in, in just like kind of in, in an emotional state saying like, you don't understand what this means to not only the fans in the city, but also to the guys that have, you know, played here before. Thank you, gentlemen. Listen, from the bottom of my heart, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, he goes on to her uh, and he's doing all that. The lead up to all that, he goes, this is for guys that played like me. This is for Mike Quick. This is for everyone that came through this who put their blood, sweat and tears on that turf between two different stadiums. This solidifies all of it. Like, I don't is as much as we're having fun with it. You don't think of that of, you know, Brian being in the organization. How about the year Brian Dawkins had? Yeah, man. He, he finally gets to be a part of an organization in his entire career. As he's always famously said, never at Pop Warner, never in high school, not in college. And certainly we all know he didn't win in the pros. That's his first championship ever being a part of the organization. And like every single player that has ever gone through there, that's the electricity of winning one Super Bowl. And, and the crazy thing is, is I hear him saying that. And my first thought is that's exactly what I would say to these guys. And it's the same thing for the former players as it is for us. If I was a chance, if if they put a microphone in front of me and stood me up in front of the entire team, I would just go, thank you. Thank you for doing the thing that we have always dreamed of happening. You guys did it. Thank you. And and just you could feel that, that emotion there, and that's how we all feel. It's amazing. Super Bowl ring. Pro Hall of Fame, yellow jacket. I'd be done too, Brian. Yeah, me too. I'd be done too. Go Go make some money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's go to John and Bruma. What's up, John? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, So for my play that I wish the the uh, I could have back, as an Eagles fan, is in Super Bowl thirty nine when McNabb threw an interception, but it got overturned by, I believe, a roughing the passer call. Oh, I I think Roman. Kind of remember that a little bit. Would you remember? Like, in the first, it was in the first quarter. They're driving down the field, and then the the officials overturned it. And then the very next play, McNabb there's an interception in the red zone to Rodney Harrison. Oh yeah, that's the. Oh yeah, you're right. That's the drive that. That's the one I would want to change because that was going to Westbrook and it was to- completely mistimed. So why? But why change the uh, the late hit? Well, I was gonna just change the. I, I was just gonna change the. Inter- him oh. another interception yes. right after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, I agree. I'll definitely not change that. <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, you. I think a lot of fans kind of have, like, repressed memories of that game. Like, I've, haven't, I haven't gone back in a while to watch that since it first happened. I only watched it recently. 
So like, I, that's the one I think you would change. I know like, some people are like, oh, like the Tommy Hutton play. Like, this isn't a Super Bowl. Yeah, you know? cares? I'm with you. And then the, and the Eagles' first Super Bowl against the Raiders, they got annihilated. So I don't think there's any real plays in that game you could change. Yeah, but not a, not a ton, but uh, certainly some some that are in there. That that's the old, the one that always sticks out to me. I mean, they turned in one of the worst first quarters they played that entire season, and I, and that's the game. You know, to me, that's the entire game. And that was McDab. I think his first red zone interception all season. Like he was a borderline MVP candidate that year. Yeah, he was, and that was that was kind of the discussion going into that. And we appreciate the call, John. So we can say now. He choked. He choked. McDab choked the <laughs> hell out of that game. I mean, it's just what happened. 888-729-9494. When we get back, a little more OTA talk. Plus, we might flip it a little bit. You know, now that it's just what was the most important play in your mind that got the Eagles to the Super Bowl? We'll, do, we'll still keep a little celebration going on. It's time for Sue Schilling and an update. It's BGN Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know, there's so much that happened this season. Oh, is this your choice here, James? Oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I was stepping up. I was stepping about. over the good stuff. That's why it's just like, wait, 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 wait. Let it hit. There it is. Who is this? Fish? Fish, baby. Of course it is. Well, tweezer. Of course it is. Uh, the uh, the song that was just, uh, you know, played into my brain. My childhood friend Andrew, like a million times. I'm so happy. That's why I didn't like fish, I think. It's just because he was so into it. Way to go, Andrew, you jerk. 729 94 I think when, uh, you know, we're obviously thinking about uh, the uh, the Eagles in their history and like moves and different things that you would change if it was just one thing that you could change. Um, I, 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 we, we are so hyper focused on this season, on what happened in the playoffs, as we should be. I mean, we're, we're celebrating a lot of that. We all love the Philly special. That's that's clearly true. We are indebted to Brandon Graham for the rest of our lives for smacking that ball out of Tom Brady's hands and Derek Barnett for scooping it up and picking it up. Um, outside of that, though, like I, I, what was kind of your favorite moment this season? When did you know? What was the play? The game was just like that's it, right there. This team is different and special because Corey Unlin had mentioned this week on uh, Monday that he had kind of felt that in two events when they went down and took care of the Panthers mm-hmm. on Thursday night. And that's probably the game to me that sticks out the most for a lot of different reasons. And then he mentioned when the Cowboys quit, he didn't say anything else. Like when, not when we won, not when we went to Dallas and dominated when the Cowboys quit, that's when I knew that we were special. And I went, did the Cowboys quit? And I remember going, I immediately went back on Tuesday. And I was like, oh, yeah, they quit. I <laughs> forgot. Cooper Rush was seven minutes to go, left in the fourth quarter or, f- or six. And I go, oh, my God. Our postgame show, I was yelling at them. I was I calling remember. them all cowards. I was yep. like, my God, you can't even have your rookie quarterback finish out a bad game, really? It's because he was getting his ass kicked up and down the field all night. But those those stuck out uh, a big time, and you go like, oh yeah, they they made them quit be, without a kicker, mind you, with Kamu Grusey Hill kicking off, uh, you know, the kickoffs, and then just going for two. I still think about that every time. I go, well, why not just pretend that you don't have a kicker for every game? Yeah, and right. Just, and Let's the roll. Percentages baby. really worked out, <laughs> and win. but um, I thought those were very. 
two interesting games that uh, Corey Unlin had pointed out. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because initially my first thought was the game right in between them, that Washington game, Certainly. because they lose Peters, they lose Hicks that night, right? And then, but still, Carson Wentz just shows everybody what he can do. He had the four touchdowns, two of them. Uh, the one to Corey Clement, I, I don't think we talk about that enough. Man. The kind of jump throw to the corner of the end zone. The Fourth play, read. Yeah. It was like a North Dakota State play or yeah. something like that that Wentz brought. That night showed me that, and that's the funny thing because they didn't even end up winning it with Wentz on the field, but it, that night after that game, I said, as long as they have 11, they can beat anybody. Yeah, And that was kind of an amazing feeling as an Eagles fan because – We've really never felt that way about a quarterback. Donovan McNabb was really good. A very, very good quarterback. The best in franchise history, numbers-wise, all that type of stuff. But you never felt like, as long as we got five, we're going we're gonna to win. And that's the way yeah. I felt about it with Wentz. And that was the first time I'd ever felt that way. So that's what, I mean, there's so many. Uh, you know, one that, that, that most people wouldn't think about, but in terms of, of breaking a team's will, that Chargers game where they just oh, ran yeah. the ball down their throat to, to crush their souls at the end of that game. There's so many fun examples like that. Yeah, and I'm going to, I think that Panthers game was, there were, it's, it's different in my brain. Because what you're saying with Washington, that's when that really solidified for me. Carson wins is so special like we thought he was going to be really good that game against washington monday night football with you know and a pete morelli hangover because they wanted to protect oh their God. their refs union or whatever how unreal that was that game. yeah unbelievable and then he just goes out and just you know crushes them and like to sweep the basically sweep the division i don't even count the you know the last game of the season uh with the cowboys scoring six points nine points whatever it was I think it was six nothing yeah. yeah what a boring game awful but, just Awful being game. able to sweep the division and doing all that was it. I still stick with that Panthers game because that was nobody still knew what the team was. National you know, TV, national TV, Thursday night game. Everybody just kind of sitting there and winning. And there's still a lot of one. There's a lot of doubters in the team itself. Still a ton of Carson Wentz doubters that just want an excuse to be like, OK, there he is. It just, you know, he's regressing already after four games. I told you whatever. And it started out that way. The first quarter was weird. That was the first time that you had uh, uh, Vitae in there to start. And he looked not so great, you know, coming into that. Were they missing Lane Johnson, too? Well, that was why Vitae was in. That was the game that Lane missed. Peters was there and got hurt the next game. Yeah. But that was the game where Vitae was in for Lane because Lane was out that game. And you're just going, oh, man. And there was a couple of bad throws early. One sailed high. I think he uh, might even had an interception early, if I remember I correctly. so, yeah. And, you know, it just kind of starts and then... As it goes along, it's not only Carson and everybody else that's on the field, but they are literally starting to break the will of everyone. There was so much hype for some reason with the Panthers offensive line. And they're like, oh, this is a really tough test. And in the second quarter, Fletcher Cox literally just picks up Trey Turner, shoves him into Cam Newton. And Rasul Douglas ends up getting is the first pick of his yeah. career because it's a lollipop. And you're going, oh, my God, they had so many short fields that night. And you're going... This is what we were looking for for a very long time. And there were so many other highlight plays in that, too. Nigel Bradham just taking the it soul. It was the best game of his career yeah. up to that at point. No question. And was it uh, was it the rookie? Was it McCaffrey that he just said, Destroy. you're not getting this first yeah. down? Uh, the Wentz throwing his shoulder oh down at the God. goal line and just we're all sitting there like, oh, my God, but that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Never do that again. But thank you for oh, like, you know, so cool. being a great teammate. Yeah. So I, I just go back and, and uh, I wonder what your guys' kind of favorite moment 
of the season was. 888-729-9494. And again, that you mentioned it kind of in response to the Washington game, but they won that game in Carolina yeah. on short rest with 108 penalty yards to one. How do you win a football game when the other team, you have 108 penalty yards and the other team has one? How do, how do you win that game? Yeah. And they found a way. To do it. I, it was, it was, it, I'm with you, John, in the sense that I think that was the game where you thought, oh, they could be for real, for real. Yeah. Like nothing's going to distract them like, from getting to the, the playoffs. At least we were thinking at that point, you know, and as the season kind of wore on and you're going like, wow, this is just a really good chemistry matched with like amazing talent at the same time, which I think it's lost in this too. All right. Like I, I understand that there has been a long running narrative of the chemistry of this football team is so good and whatever. And that is true. I'm not saying that that's not there, but come on. They got way more talented than the offseason. Yeah, they did. I mean, it's just that's that's the clear of it. I am really curious. And there are this is what we were saying earlier in the show. There are so a thousand different things that can change the direction of a football season or a player or whatever. And that's why it's really hard to win a championship in football. Imagine if they started losing early, like if they were under 500 going into week five, week six, week seven. Does the chemistry remain the same or because they're so talented and because they're not a bunch of jackasses at the same time, does that change the course of the season if they begin to lose early as opposed to rattle off? What are they nine wins in a row? Like, no, you're not going to have any problems with nine wins in a row. So I, I, I wonder it plays a factor, but. I still think they just got way more talented. It's a great point, John, because I do think that that stuff matters. Momentum, believing in yourself, believing you can go out and win. All that stuff is important, but look at the offseason Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas had last year. Every, I mean, it, it will never, you no one will ever have as good an offseason again. No. It is the most, um, every single move that guy made was perfect and led to them winning a Super Bowl. Patrick Robinson, Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt, Alshon Jeffrey, Corey Clement. I mean, it, it is unreal. You're absolutely right. There was from from year one of Doug and, and Wentz to year two, there was a huge influx in talent and they hit on all the guys they needed to and everyone contributed. It's unbelievable. And I'd even say, like, knowing the kind of relationship that developed between Carson and DeFilippo and Doug and Frank Reich and all that, I think there's a part of this squad that looked at Carson and go, we can't screw this up. This guy is too good. Mm-hmm. He's too special. We have to make it work. Like, whatever it is, we're going to make this kid so prepared. Let's go get weapons. Let's go do all it. And you remember kind of last off season with articles upon articles of, well, they're not actually helping. They just want Carson Wentz to be a star. I guess it's not a lot. It's just one. But I remember that being a thing of, Man, they just, you know, they're trying to get this big support system around him and we'll never know how good he is, which is just an insane thing to me. I don't know why we always judge quarterbacks based on, hey, the less talent you have, the better quarterback you are is crazy. Well, remember that whole take before last season that came out when when Wentz started playing well, the whole take that, well, if the Browns had taken him, he wouldn't be good. Do you remember that? It was like, uh, what? What kind of what? And to think that they, the same people that say that about Cleveland always every single offseason go, wow, what a talented roster that they have. They just need a quarterback and it'll be fine. So you, it, both can't be true. Both cannot be true. Uh, now, maybe they screw it up and, you know, Hugh Jackson uh, wets too many uh, too many uh, footballs or something yeah. and benches him for the entire year. I don't know what happened. Uh, Dan Baxter uh, checking in 
a good uh, friend of the show on the twitter.com at bgn underscore radio at john barcher at james seltzer the result pick wasn't his first pick it was actually against the uh the giants when he was covering brandon marshall and he's correct well so i forgot about yeah. there's a drought that was in there uh, well how about between. that giants game i mean there was a pretty important play in that one huh? i mean yes that's to me that's the 61 that's kind of a, a defining moment that happens in there of, uh, you know, and by the way, Carson, have you paid up yet? We never got clarification on that. Point. Man. It's you a know? great point. Appreciate everything you're doing. You have a lot of charitable donations, and certainly it shouldn't be overlooked, but uh, I don't know. I think Jay Gailey is still old about 10K. <laughs> I believe it was a charitable donation. That's <laughs> okay, how they settled it. It good, was. Good. Uh, Moshe, do you have any, uh, any you know, moments that stick out in your mind and go, that's the one. That's the moment After that I know. To the 35 for a first down. Here comes the rush. Lynch. They've got him. They've got him. He escapes. He's across the 30, the 35, the 40. He's got a first down out at the 44-yard line. How'd he do it? How'd he do it? I thought you said they got him. They did. That was the Washington game that I've that's been talking it. about. And that's why that play was so amazing. But I, that's why I think the Clement play kind of gets forgotten about because I think the Clement play was just as amazing, just not maybe as flashy. So actually... That wasn't the play for me that I like remember specifically vividly from that game. But that Washington game, you're right, had so many great ones. I played that one because the call by Merrill is amazing. Yeah. The one How for me, and, and that one really epitomized the season. Carson coming out of nowhere and just doing everything it took. But for me, goal, uh, red zone play. Pass to Zach Ertz on the sideline. Defender comes flying over, and Ertz just shoves him out of bound with his right <laughs> hand and just waltzes into the end zone. Just like, get out of my way. You are not stopping me scoring this touchdown. That's me. Yeah, well, that's kind of, you know, that was also the in, in Carolina, that was a coming out party yep, for Zach Ertz, too. Made all your fantasy rosters uh, very, very, very happy as well. Uh, we will uh, get into what we're looking forward to now into training camp. Certainly what we learned with uh, with OTAs, maybe make a few predictions as well. It's BGN Radio, James Seltzer, John Barchard, Moshe Kravitz. It's time for a Sue Schilling update right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Got a broken y'all, so all I got is all right, somebody that uh, understands golf has got to uh, got to explain this to me. Phil Mickelson, uh, old lefty there during the uh, TPC. Old lefty there, the TPC South. We got another tournament. lefty here. All right, that's yeah. Steve Carlton, my friend. Uh, yeah, that's right. The best, the best lefty in the business. Uh, so he makes a putt. It uh, it goes past the hole. It was way off. It's he missed that. Traveling, he runs the golf ball down, and as the ball is still moving, he hits it back to the hole. Yeah, like it's never like seen he's anything like this. Before. Freaking playing polo or something, yeah, and then or just, like mini golf. He's just like, ah, no one cares. <laughs> and then the ball hits the hole, rolls past it again, and ends up basically where he started the putt from. Makes his marker. Is that legal? Like, what's the deal there? There's got to be like a, a 50 stroke penalty for doing something like that. John, here's your problem. Yeah. Watching golf. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. I don't understand. It's great on a Sunday. Sure. It's Saturday. It's go time. It's, it's good beer and bourbon it's good day. It's nap too. I'll tell you that much. Sunday afternoon. Nice with and the, peaceful. The windows open when you can. The fans rolling in. Yeah. Nice breeze. It's a great napping sport. Uh, and uh, I just I'm blown away by all the silly rules. I just don't get that. I've never yeah. seen that. I'm I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> I'm pretty I feel, sure. I feel confident about that's, that. You can't do that. 888-729-9494. James Seltzer, John Barchard, Moshe Kravitz. I, I have a uh, 
I have information about that Mickelson thing because oh, I, yeah. I immediately went to look it up. Uh, so I guess he ended up with a penalty for yeah, doing that. Because no, so. you can't do that. It was yep. him showing his emotions. He was given a quintuple bogey <laughs> nine on the hole and was nine over for his round. A quintuple never heard bogey. That. <laughs> a four-stroke penalty for touching the ball as it's in motion. Noted. Okay. And that five that's five strokes, right? A quintuple. Yeah, quintuple yeah. Is wow. five. Quintuple. Yeah. Listen. I uh, You're Spanish. Listen, I went to college. <laughs> so uh I didn't. Uh let's go to <laughs> Joe in Yardley. What's up, Joe? Hey guys, how you doing? James, Do- nice to hear you. He's one of the big dogs. Yeah, thanks, Joe. He's always the big dog. <laughs> Take even any when he's, opportunity yeah, that's right. Yet, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good to hear you. Hey, one of the things that I thought was really Kind of signaled to me, and I know it sounds silly, but having done some of this in college, the kicking game this year. When Jake Elliott comes out, oh, first kick, no big deal, 63 yards. Let's do that. (laughs) And you got to say, the other thing was, I don't know what punt statistics are kept to to gauge, but they were pretty remarkable this year in terms of less return yardage and just where the kicks were placed. I don't remember, you know, Muffs, yeah, he missed a, Jake missed a field goal or two, but or an extra point or yeah, two. Yeah, extra point, exactly. But, pretty but pretty good on the field goals. incredible because the rest of the team goes, okay, we got this. We can do this. We're going to get close. We'll get points. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and it's Yeah, just, shout out to Donnie Jones. You know, and it's yeah. fun, funny, too, because uh, he had missed. Wow, yeah, it was the famous one where Jason Peters comes up to him. He missed like a, 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 a gimme almost, like a 35 or 40-yarder or something like yeah. that. A gimme in this day. Just yeah. make yeah. him all over 50 and well, I'll hit him yeah, all. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Well, in the Super Bowl, he missed one, and everybody's like, Okay, well, next time we'll get it. Yeah, luckily <laughs> Guskowski right. did too. Yeah, but it is Joe. I, I've never seen a kicker like Elliot before, where you feel more confident with him taking a fifty yarder than a thirty yarder. It is, it's, yeah, it's strange. <laughs> it's just, uh, it was uncanny. Whenever that happened, I went, okay, well, kicking game is not a question. Get them close, and we're in a game. That's right. Yeah, to keep them. Uh, yeah, and we appreciate the call, Joe. Yeah, I mean, that's. Kind of, I wonder how that's going to pan out this season you yeah. know because listen we've all asked him i've asked him personally he's like dude stop with the extra points and he's just like ah, stop asking me about it. You know, <laughs> that's, he, that's what he really wants to say but you know uh yeah the um i don't i don't know what's really going to change with uh with special teams and stuff i've tried to understand the new kickoff rules and what they're doing it doesn't look different no. it really doesn't so just get rid of them that's that's my goal <laughs> always yeah let's go to quinn in reading what's up quinn Hey, guys. How's it going today? Good, man. Good to hear from you. What's up, Seltzer? Yeah, you guys, too. How's it going? Uh, One play. I know we're talking plays we'd like to have back. Yes. Uh, Obviously, don't want to change the ultimate outcome because no one would, but I don't want Wentz running that ball in in the Rams game Uh, and getting hurt. That's a very clever answer, Quinn. Not a bad one. Look at you. I want want that postseason. I, I know I obviously wouldn't change a thing, but with Wentz doing it, come on, guys. Yeah, now that we can be a little greedy about it, exactly. I 1,000% agree. Well, and we were just talking about most, you know, flipping it around to most important plays to them winning the Super Bowl. That Wentz fourth down touchdown pass after that to Alshon has to be on that list because it helped lead to home field advantage, all that type of stuff. That was a huge play on the road. To Quinn, the let Bowl. me ask you this, though. Do you think that, and I still believe that they would win the Super Bowl, but there is, listen, there's an underdog mess. Yeah. They're, the not, they're not ring. underdogs if Wentz is there. They're not. At home in the yeah. second round, especially against Atlanta, they're they're not underdogs. I still think they I, I still think they win the Super Bowl. 
Not easily, but they still win the Super Bowl even with Wednesday. It would be a You'd different thing, though. Yeah, but you have I to believe it. But how much we would be talking about Carson Wentz is the next coming of of everybody. Like he's just, you know, we would be flipping out about that. Yeah, I don't think we, you know, the underdog theme comes about. However, I think Wentz would have torn up. The, you know, I mean, we saw Foles do it. I believe Wentz could have done it. You know, maybe not as in, in such a spectacular manner. But I, Wentz was having an unbelievable season. I can see him making a run through the playoffs, kicking Tom Brady's ass, and we win that <laughs> Super Bowl. And we're all here like we have this next god here. Oh, yeah. And, and, um, we still and, do. And, Quinn, I appreciate the phone call. Because can you imagine just what we were talking about the you know earlier with Washington and that first touchdown, like the debate over Wentz if he – ends up staying healthy and becomes the Super Bowl MVP totally. and probably league MVP totally. and all of that. And that would be In the, the biggest season. Yeah, that would have been the biggest. We can put that one to bed. Yeah. Uh, well, it is also interesting, though, heading into this season now, though, because one of the things we've talked a lot about is that drive that Wentz will have to to win it himself, to be on the field for it and and do it. It's interesting. It's a really interesting what if. If, yeah. they, if he had not gotten hurt, they still win the Super Bowl. What type of guy is he going into this season? Does he have that same sort of drive and passion? Also, though, of course, he's got a fully connected you know, ACL and LCL and all, a lap band and all that. So, yeah, it's a fascinating one. I also wonder what we would be talking about going into the season because that's been, Everything. like you said, James, every question, by the way. And I know I said it yeah, on the podcast. Let, it let, needs it, to be let said, it yeah. out. Vent, brother. Can... Please, Philly Beats, ask another question other than how is Carson Wentz looking to you to every skill position player on offense? Stop asking the question. It is getting very much into it's already surpassed the category of last offseason, which was you remember? You remember the question that was always asked last season? Um, last How o- is the relationship between Carson uh, Wentz and yeah. Alshon Jeffrey? Sure. We have going way past that now and just like think of it something different there are lots of things on the field to talk about i know it might not be whatever you walked into to go get your story but good lord there's a thousand people writing that same story ask zach Ertz a different question maybe even ask it about his position or how he feels about coming into the season or what his role is going to be expected with all these new offensive weapons in it i'm just saying being you know. a super bowl champion you guys about that <laughs> as always so uh, there is a there's a lot of things to look forward to in training camp. Certainly, we'll keep you updated that on the podcast and throughout the offseason. We're going to take next week off as uh, there's a lot of fun things happening with Mr. Rob Cherry and Tank is uh, I think they're going out and enjoying the shore and uh, doing some fun stuff out there. Uh, but uh, James Seltzer, you're not going anywhere. You're going to do uh, leading off here in a little That's bit. Right. I'm, I'll, I'll be right here. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. I uh, will see you Join guys. Join me for leading off. Next, Phillies Brewers that's coming up. Right, that's right. And please, can if James has the power to make the Phillies score runs consistently at some point, because, uh, you know, it's no longer early in the season. I'll take the Brewers not scoring double-digit runs. That would be something I'd be very happy with today. Yeah, let's start with that. Uh, I will see you guys Monday with Joe Giglio filling in for the Marks and Reese show. Thank you to Moshe Kravitz for Sue Schilling, James Seltzer. I'm John Barchard, and this has been BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.